Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day, welcome back to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast on this Monday, the 5th of December, 2022. Darren Mitchell is my name, host of the show, and if you're a brand new listener, welcome. Thank you for finding the podcast, and I trust that there's enough information here that I can share with you today that warrants you to go and check out some of the back catalogue and continue to listen to episodes moving forward. And of course, if you are a returning listener, I greatly appreciate you plugging into the podcast And I hope that I'm continuing to add value to you in your quest to become an exceptional sales leader. Now, as we do at every beginning of the week episode, just a quick reminder that if you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast, please press subscribe on the platform that you're listening to. Of course, if you're on the Apple platform, it is simply pressing follow, which is the three dots on the top right-hand corner of the screen. And if you can rate the show as well, that would be greatly appreciated. It makes it easier for other people who are looking for information just like you around sales and sales leadership to more easily find the program on the various different platforms. And of course, if you can do that as well, if there's a, if there's something that you like about the podcast, please take some time to write a comment. I love getting feedback on what is resonating, but also if there's a specific topic you'd like me to talk about, more than happy to not only talk about that topic, but also in the process, give you a shout out as well on the podcast. So if you can do that, that would be fantastic. And before we jump into today's episode, if you find there's somebody within your sphere of influence, whether that be a peer, somebody who's in your team, or somebody who is looking to uh, develop in the area of sales and sales leadership, who you think might benefit from a program such as this, then please share either this episode or share the podcast and let them get the benefit of the 500 plus episodes that are sitting on the various uh, or numerous podcast platforms ready to be listened to, digested, and hopefully implemented because we are on a mission to help as many sales leaders as possible to become exceptional at what they do and in the process help their teams develop results that become over time sustainable and predictable but also replicable. So that is what we're here to do at the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. So with that said, today's episode is all about focusing on what you can control. Now, interestingly, December 5, it is, we are in the third week before Christmas, so there's three weeks to go until Christmas. And as we approach the end of the year, it's really interesting to see so many sales leaders now amping up the pressure on their teams like never before, almost hoping for some sort of Christmas miracle or some sort of end of calendar year or end of financial year miracle. Now, whether it is the end of the quarter or the in fact the end of the financial year, What's fascinating is to see the forensic focus on cadence, pipeline, and qualified opportunities going into overdrive. Now, reflecting on this yesterday, and I put a post up on LinkedIn last night, uh, thinking back to the days when I was running sales teams for a number of years, and thinking about the cadence meetings that we used to have with our senior executives. Now, normally a cadence meeting, which is pretty much a review meeting, a forecasting meeting just to get a bit of a commitment in terms of what sales are going to come in, what sort of revenue we expect to be generating. Uh, It normally started out as around about a monthly cadence review. So you'd sit down with your peers and with your sales directors and senior directors and go through uh, top line revenue, top line sales, what the forecast is, probability of deals coming through, 
etc. Now, as as we got closer and closer to the end of the quarter, and particularly towards the end of a six-month milestone or the end of the financial year, the 12-month milestone, the monthly cadence reviews would quickly turn into weekly cadence reviews. And in the last month, or in particularly the last three weeks, they would turn into the daily cadence review. So we would sit down every single day and as peer groups have to talk about pretty much the same opportunities over and over again. And I could never understand why the senior directors would be asking exactly the same question day after day after day, hoping and expecting a different answer. It was absolutely nuts. And if I look back on the amount of time that we spent in those particular meetings, it was time, particularly in the last three weeks of a quarter, it was time that was not effective and it was certainly not time that was productive because we're sitting in a room with a bunch of other sales leaders and senior directors, and I'll say this respectfully, pretty much navel-gazing. Nothing fundamentally changed in the last three weeks, and yet the expectation was we were there to create miracles, and it was all about the gap minimization strategy or the gap close strategy. It was absolutely nuts. Now, here's what I've come to realize over running sales teams over a number of years, and this is the reality. If you haven't been working on a qualified opportunity over the last 90 days, there is virtually zero probability of a qualified opportunity landing in your lap in the last 20 days of the year to the point where you can actually create that miracle. Now, unfortunately, there are many senior leaders within organizations who just think that that is going to happen. And as sales leaders, we need to be really conscious of that and we need to be really conscious of what are the processes we're following, what are the expectations that we're setting but also stay true to the number that we're calling and have a level of confidence in that particular number. And even today, working with sales teams and certainly sales leaders, I'm staggered at the number of sales leaders who almost find themselves having out-of-body experiences to the point where they're trying to create miracles. And even worse than that, they're putting forecasts on the table that is just a wish. It is a hope. It is some sort of Christmas miracle wish that they're putting on the table, hoping that something is going to happen. And in most cases, it doesn't. In most cases, the deals that you're working on right now probably won't come to fruition until the back end of the first quarter in 2023. So why call the number? What we need to get better at is calling the number that has been qualified and standing firm with that and therefore focusing on what you can control. Will this always appease your senior leaders? Will it be the information that your senior leaders want to hear? Not always, but sometimes I would much rather call a number that I'm absolutely hand on heart committed to delivering and then come up short, then try to create some sort of miracle, put some opportunities into a pipeline or start to create some opportunities and rush to get these numbers in at the end of the quarter, knowing full well there's a high probability of it not happening and therefore missing by an even bigger number. The other thing we've got to be conscious of as well is the conditioning we're putting in place for our customers and the precedent we're setting by creating opportunities and having a sense of urgency to try and get these done at the end of the month or at the end of the quarter. Now, I'm all for creating opportunities with a sense of urgency. What I'm not for is creating opportunities with a sense of urgency just to get to a end of quarter and end of financial year number. It reeks of desperation and unfortunately it puts the balance of power into the hands of the customer, but it also starts to condition them on how to treat you into the next financial year and beyond. So here's what you cannot control. There's a few things you can't control, but I wanna also think about the things that we can control, both from a sales leadership point of view 
and also from a salesperson's point of view. First and foremost, there are three three key things that you pretty much can't control when it comes to sales. Number one, and I wish this was different, I wish this was actually uh, not true, but you can't control the behavior and sometimes the irrational behavior of your senior leaders. This is why it's so important to be really clear on the expectations that you're setting throughout the year and not be caught in the cycle of this artificial sense of urgency the closer we get to the end of the quarter or to the end of the financial year. The, the behaviors of other people you have absolutely no, no control over, particularly senior leaders. We just have to understand that sometimes people are gonna say things and do things for reasons that may not necessarily be obvious on the surface, but sometimes there's a lot of pressure that's happening and being placed on these senior leaders to try and get these numbers in for all sorts of different reasons, some of which might include things like this short-term incentives. So you can't control their behavior. What you also can't control is the behavior and the thinking of your customers. Now, sometimes customers slow down when it comes to the end of the financial year, the end of the calendar year. Sometimes they ramp up. Sometimes they go quiet. Sometimes they become more boisterous. You cannot control the behavior and thinking of your customers. And number three, you cannot control the tactics, the strategies, and the behaviors of any partners you're working with, and particularly channel partners because think about this your partners and channel partners may have their own KPIs their own pressures to try and deliver numbers by the end of the financial year as well or the end of the calendar year and that can lead to some of the behaviors that are perhaps a little bit irrational and not necessarily the behaviors you'd like to see play out in the normal course of doing business so there's there's three key things you cannot control there's probably a whole host of other ones but in the context of sales and sales leadership they're the three key things that I look at that you really can't control so what is it that you can control then? And this is this is key when it comes to sales leadership, particularly as we move closer and closer to the end of December. First and foremost, what you can control is your attitude. Now, I often ask the question of sales leaders and even sales teams, how they are they aware of their attitude? Are they aware of their attitude when they wake up each and every morning? Before their feet even hit the ground, are they aware of their attitude and therefore are they aware of their thinking? Now, what's fascinating about this is many people just go through the motions and they're not conscious of what their attitude is and how that attitude might play out when they start to interact with their teams, customers, and partners. So the first thing you control is your attitude. The second thing you control, which is connected to your attitude, is your mindset. Now, as quick as you can click your fingers, that's how quickly you can change your mindset because mindset is a choice. Now, I often talk to leaders about this and the concept of playing at a 10. Now, if you can measure mindset, which you can, at a 10, 10 being fantastic, a really positive, upbeat, optimistic mindset, a rating of one out of 10 is not so great. It's probably the more pessimistic side, glasses half empty type of approach. With that rating of one to 10, you have control over how you believe your mindset needs to be, and therefore you can click your fingers and act as if you are at a number that is gonna be conducive to getting the best results for the particular situation you find yourself in. So this concept of playing at a 10, it is acting as if your mindset is a 10. Now, think about this. There is no way you can get great results if your mindset is below five. It is a rarity. In fact, I would say it's almost impossible to get great results with your mindset below five because you're all of a sudden thinking in a more pessimistic way and it makes it a lot harder, a lot more difficult to come up with innovative ideas to create solutions for different problems. If you are acting and playing from a 10 though, all of a sudden you're open to lots of different opportunities, you're lots, lots of different options, and things are a lot more optimistic, and you might have a lot more opportunities to create some 
solutions to different problems that perhaps you couldn't think of if your mindset was at a one. Now, when it's when it comes to this, as easy as clicking your fingers, that's how quickly you can change your mindset. Now, for many people, it might be a little bit more difficult than that because you might be at the mercy of things that are happening within your environment and you might find it really, really hard to change your mindset. Well, a simple little exercise that I share with teams is to think of a time when you were really upbeat and your mindset was at a supremely high level. Now, just call it at a 10. Now, it could be the time when you got a fantastic deal, a time when you were celebrated as a as an individual contributor or as a sales leader. It could even be something personal in terms of a, of a great event within your family that you felt fantastic. And if you go to that space and think about that place and think about and visualize the people who were around you, think about what you were hearing, what you were seeing, very quickly you'll be able to get into a mental space where you feel fantastic about that event. And all of a sudden you notice your mindset completely shifts. So you do have a choice over your mindset. So if that's the case, you might as well choose it to be a 10 and choose to play from a 10. So that's the second one. First of all, you've got control over your attitude. And second of all, you've got control over your mindset. Now, the third thing you've got control over is the decisions you make day to day and also the choices you make day to day. Now, this is an interesting one in that often people will be making choices or making decisions based on all the things that are happening around them. And a lot of the time, though, they're reacting to the external events and often giving power to the external events. And you'll hear the language of people saying, well, I can't get this done because my box, boss XYZ, or I, I couldn't get here on time because I got cut off in traffic and blah, blah, blah. When you're hearing language like that, what you're hearing is people externalizing and not necessarily taking responsibility for the situation they find themselves in. So you've got to be really conscious of the language that we're using, but also be conscious of the language you hear other people use because what they're showing is whether they're actually taking responsibility for the choices and the decisions that they're making. So that's the third one. The decisions you make and the choices you make, you can control. Number four is you have control over how you respond to irrational behaviors or requests. Now, case in point, when you're sitting down with your sales leader or your sales director and they're asking you for what is the what is the gap closure strategy, what, uh, what are you going to do to make sure you guarantee this number to come in, that is a rational behavior. So you have a choice as to how you respond to that. Now, sometimes you might have to be politically correct, but I always say I'm going to focus on delivering the message that is consistent, that I can stand by, and I'm, I'm okay to be judged. I'm okay to be criticized, but my number will not change because as long as I've continued to set the right expectation, I'm not going to do anything that's going to leave me to be irrational just because the others are being irrational. So choose really, really clearly and choose very consciously how you respond to irrational behaviors and irrational requests. What you also have control over is your list of priorities over the next 20 days. Now, there might only be 15 working days till Christmas, but let's just say that you're working between Christmas and New Year. Uh, You've got control over the list of priorities you put in place and where you prioritize your time over that period of time. You've also got control over how you choose to show up each and every day, irrespective of the current state of the quote-unquote the numbers. Now, I would much rather my team be uh, models of consistency and rather than be models of inconsistency or be very reactionary to the environment and the situation that, that we find ourselves in. And unfortunately, I see a lot of organizations, the closer we get to the end of the financial year or the end of the quarter or the end of the calendar year, a lot of organizations get into a state of desperation and that's where they sometimes put big discounts on the table 
um, fire sales, all sorts of things, which, by the way, are quite irrational sort of behaviors, and it doesn't necessarily augur well for a longer-term uh, win-win sort of relationship because it is telling your customer base, well, when things are uh, when things are getting a bit desperate, I know that this organization is going to have some sort of fire sale just to get the numbers in at the end of the quarter, which means if you're thinking about the balance of power, it starts to tip very, very squarely into the hands of the customer because they know that you're going to be quite desperate to get numbers in at the end of the month. So please, please do not fall for that trap. And the last one uh, we've got control over is the actions that we take over the next 20 days, which is, by the way, going to be an investment in the results that you'll see in the next 90 days. Now, as I said at the beginning of the podcast, if you haven't been working on opportunities for the last 90 days, it's very, very rare that a situation will present itself where you can get an opportunity, land in your lap, have it fully qualified and have it closed this close to the end of December. So it stands to reason that we've got to be really, really conscious of the messaging we're setting and be really clear on the numbers that we've got, but also the opportunities that we're working on. So again, continue to focus on the things we have control over. So here's the key message as we begin the brand new week. No matter what situation you might find yourself in or what situation you might find your sales team in, no matter how bad or otherwise the numbers may look right now, you have a choice. And the choice is to either give focus and power to the things you have no control over or start to give power and focus to the things that you can control. Now, I'm not sure about you, but I've tried operating under environments where I have limited control and it isn't much fun. When I focus on what I can control, everything changed. Now, that's not to say the road's going to be easy. It's not to say you're not going to have up, have some challenges. You're not going to have to have some robust conversations. But I'd much rather have the robust conversations knowing that I'm focusing on the things that I actually have some control over rather than being at the mercy of everything that's happening around me and being very reactionary to all of that. So I trust that message helps and I trust that message hits you uh, where it's needed and hopefully it's a message you might need to hear right now as we lead into the Christmas period. And of course, as a key reminder, if you'd like some help with any of this, if you'd like some help with your sales team or in fact, if you'd like some uh, one-on-one accountability and you'd like to explore working with me as your coach, as your mentor, and helping you become an exceptional sales leader. Love the opportunity of having a conversation with you about that. Two ways to do that. One is to go to my calendar at leadwithdarren.com. Pick a time that suits. We'll jump on Zoom, have a conversation about what your current status looks like in terms of your leadership, where your team's at, what you're looking to achieve over the next 90 plus days. We can map out a plan and then start executing that plan ASAP. Uh, That's one way. The other way is send me a text message directly to uh, 0412 and we can do the same thing. Either jump on Zoom, have a conversation, or even uh, do an email conversation, which is something a little bit different. Uh, for those of you who are outside Australia, of course, just plus 61, uh, 4123-3554 will get access to me pretty much directly. So I look forward to that conversation, and as always, look forward to sharing with you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.